Welcome back, my friends, to the D-Rate the Hate podcast. I am your host, Wilk of Wilksworld.com, and I am so incredibly grateful that you are taking the time to join me for another powerful DTH episode. Friends, at the D-Rate the Hate podcast, it's all about bettering the world one attitude at a time. See, we did not create the hate, but with your help, we can derate the hate. That all starts with gratitude and personal accountability. We cannot control everything that happens to us in life, but we can control how we react to it. How we act, how we react, no matter what happens to us, how we react to it makes the difference. Friends, there is only one good thing about a bad attitude, and that is that we have the ability as individuals to change it. Here on the DTH Podcast, we strive to bring you great guests and provide tools to do just that. Please be sure to share it with your friends. Subscribe if you haven't done so. Ratings and feedback are always greatly appreciated. And with that, let's get to this week's episode. Friends, the power to transform the world in which we live lies within the choices we make when wielding our words. It is imperative that we redefine the way we express ourselves, both in the way that we speak of ourselves and the way we speak of others. Conflicts will arise, but it is essential to recognize that among our disagreements and our disputes, a fundamental truth prevails. We are bound together by our common humanity. We are bound together as one human family. Acknowledging our human connectedness can serve as a compass guiding us towards reconciliation. Many have thoughts and disagreements on what that reconciliation should look like or what it is exactly that we're trying to reconcile. But our past does, in fact, have stains. We have to agree on that. We may not all agree, but the conversation must be had. As my guest this week, Starlet Thomas, says, we're going to fuss and fight, but at the end of the day, we are all family. Friends, it is absolutely certain that we will never agree on everything. But this country has dealt some ugly. This country does have issues, and acknowledgement is needed to confront the stains of our past. My friend Starlet Thomas is an author, activist, visual artist, race abolitionist, and podcaster herself. She is an associate editor and the director of the Raceless Gospel Initiative at Good Faith Media, which was inspired by her work and witness and is dedicated to leading the didactic dialogues on race and its progeny. The Raceless Gospel aims to empower Christians to speak about the socio-political construct of race and the myriad injustices that intersect in their churches, communities, and country. Friends, you are definitely not going to want to miss this incredible conversation with my friend Starlet Thomas of Raceless Gospel, and here we go. Starlet Thomas, thank you for joining me on the D-Rate the Hate podcast. It is so good to see you. Thank you for having me. Yeah, absolutely. So I became familiar with you when my friend, Dr. Sheena Mason, had had actually uh, retweeted some of your stuff. So when when I started seeing, you know, some of the little snips and you do these these cool little, I don't know if, if people call them performance arts or, or, or shorts or or what they actually are. Uh, I know I I started checking out a few of them, Starlet, and I, I became very, very much intrigued. And, and that's why I reached out, because, uh, I you know, I dig what you're doing 
And uh, so, yeah, thank you very much. I am looking forward to hearing more uh, about your work, you know, with the Raceless Gospel and, and Good Faith Media. So um, it says it says there's more to tell. So, you know what? Tell me more. Tell Well, first of all, just introduce, introduce yourself to the DTH listeners. Tell sure. me who you are, Starlet Thomas. Sure. So. Uh, I'm an ordained Baptist minister. Please don't let that uh, fool you or uh, bring any trepidation. There's no judgment here. Uh, That's my core calling and conviction is to cultivate spaces of belovedness where uh, you feel a deep sense of somebodyness. Uh, So uh, I I lead in with that because persons sometimes get distracted by titles, which is why I always say, call me star. Mm-hmm. Uh, because that's mm-hmm. my name, and that won't change, certainly, uh, that people can give and take away titles at any time. Uh, but I hope that we can we can see each other as equals, as uh, next of kin. So I work to do that, to cultivate uh, community in such a way that we can relate to each other, not based on skin, or, so, or certainly not at social coloring, but something deeper, something more uh, intrinsic, something more valuable, something more long-lasting. Um, and I believe that race uh, is on its last leg, if I have anything to say about it. Well, I hope so too. I, I absolutely hope so. Uh, yeah. You know, that's one of the things that that attracted me so quickly to uh, our mutual friend, Dr. Sheena Mason, and, and her theory of racelessness is because you know, and I gained a lot of insight into how that works because I, before I spoke with her, just just like just like most of my guests, uh, when I speak with them for the first time, I, I don't know a lot about them because I like to have a genuine conversation and really get to know somebody and, and who they are. So when she was talking to me about how race was more of a social construct and, and we were racialized or people racialized as black and people yeah. racialized as white, I, I, I mean, I just, I began to love it. And, and I actually, I tried, I felt myself transforming during that conversation. I, I hope to do so here too. Uh, Dr. Mason speaks my love language. Oh, she is incredible. Anyone who puts race in its place uh, <laughs> ensures that it does not come uh, in front of me or talk over me uh, is, is a is a saint in my book. Uh, so you can talk about her all day. I am cheesy. If she, <laughs> I'm smiling. I am beaming. If you say her name, I'm going to smile because she's doing good work. She's doing. I would say she's doing holy work, and that it is a calling. Um, so I'm certainly grateful for her and her work and witness. Yeah, no, absolutely. And, and so, so with that being said, you know, when I think about, uh, you know, the construct of race and, and things now, I mean, one of the big things for me, uh, and one of the big things that that, that I, I've talked about over, over my time, and, and, you know, I used to believe in like, we got to have this colorblind society. But then, but then I, I began to realize it's not the colorblindness that really makes sense it, because the melanin in one's skin isn't really where it's at. That's not what determines who you were, who you are versus who I am, right? We are still individuals. We're individual human beings. We're beautiful human beings with, with an infinite amount of value, each one of us. And so... So yeah, that and I'm sure we could talk about that all day long. Star. Well, that's a good place to land though, because I don't judge people based on the social coloring of their skin, as they're not physically colored beige. That is mixed race, uh, black, brown, red, yellow, and white. I believe that people uh, have a soul, and there's a, a soulish, deep belonging that that's it's 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 uh, unable to be extinguished. That it's eternal. That it's long lasting. That no word, race uh, 
or otherwise could take that away from us. So I love that. I try to be people uh, heart to heart and certainly soul to, to soul and connect in a way that is genuine and authentic. Uh, and, and, and as always, wanting to make sure that we see each other as we want to be seen. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. And, and that's great. So, so you know, when when you you know, talked right away is, you know, please don't have any preconceived notions about me being a, a, a an ordained Baptist minister, mm-hmm. what a, you know, that kind of thing. I was like, okay, so, so that is one of the big things that I also talk about here on the D-Rate the Hate podcast is how people, you know, get put in these boxes and, and then they get labeled and then they get put off on a shelf until somebody needs them for something, you know what, but everybody's got a story to tell and everybody else has blind spots as to yeah. as to who that person is and, and how that person operates and and what that person does so for me i want to hear just you and i as friends talking star i want to hear first off I'm your friend oh absolutely. I've, been I've been promoted people you, you are absolutely my friend <laughs> <laughs> you are absolutely my friend you know anybody who's out there trying to better the world in which we live and that's why I start every every episode with, you know, welcome back, my friends, to the D-Rate the Hate podcast. Because people who are listening in, people who are tuning into this episode, Star, people who really want to better the world in which we live are my friends. Those are the people. Those are our people. Those, right. You know, it don't matter about that's color. It don't matter about political affiliation. It does not matter uh, about man, woman, whatever the case may be. If you are a human being, out there to better the world in which we live, you are my friend. So with that said, the raceless gospel, yes. your 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 passion, your work, your podcast, yeah. the 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 raceless gospel. Tell me, Star, what is that and what, what got you started in that? I know you've been doing it for quite some time. Uh, so it's my magnum opus. It's what Howard Thurman would call my working papers. Uh, and those words, it, it came to me. Uh, it came from scripture uh, in my tradition, uh, New Testament. Uh, or Christian scripture in Galatians chapter three, verses 27 and 28, where Paul says to baptize believers uh, that there's neither Jew nor Greek, neither bond nor free, neither male nor female for all are one in Christ Jesus. And so that, that got me questioning race and it's false binaries. It's oppositional identities. It's, it's hierarchy. It's color coded caste system. And it just went from there. And once I realized that I could race less, that I didn't have to live in competition with other people, man, was that free. And then to hear other people coming from other uh, institutions and other angles, it further let me know that it was a calling because everyone was hearing the same thing, which was let's let's round this up. Let's get everybody together. Uh, let's call everyone friends and next of kin because there's a better world coming. And so for me, it has been an affirmation to do this work. Um, and I try to say it as often as I can. I think it's the only thing uh, that I'm supposed to say. I feel like it's, it's my message. Um, it's the only thing I want to talk about forever and ever. Amen. Uh, so to be on this podcast or to cross paths with Sheena Mason, Dr. Sheena Mason, and to know that she's doing some of the, you know, that she has a similar witness and mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. stripping race of its authority so that we can live into our most authentic and free selves. Um, and that we're all talking about this liberative speech that gets us out of the, outside of the confines of flesh and the ways in which uh, society would capitalize on our divisions. Oh, I'm here for that. I'm here for that every day of the week. Yeah. And, and you talk about how freeing that is to 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 free yourself from somebody else's, you know, the box that somebody else put you in, the label that somebody else has labeled you with. Just that that freeing thing uh, and, and how that brings freedom to, to you and your soul uh, and then being able to find that kinship with others who, who who believe in that in that same way. And and then, you know, bringing your testimony to them and, and hearing their testimony 
it's uh it is it is a it, it, it's a very freeing thing right yeah 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 to yeah. know that we're not divided that i don't have to show up i can just show up as myself and whatever that means in the fullest way that i can be and that there's nothing offensive about it or that I'm not coming into an antagonistic encounter because of these racialized realities, that I'm not living in opposition to someone that is not an us and a them. You know how exhausting it is to fight against someone just, just to belong. And so the, now that I know that I belong to myself in the deepest and truest way and that there's a place in me uh, that race can't get to, oh, we can, we can have a time. We can talk all day because I don't feel as if anyone is over me and looking down on me. Because I've, I've stripped stripped race of its power, of its authority. So we're all on an equal level. I can see everybody eye to eye. Right. Yeah. That color coded caste system has done nobody any favors throughout the and, throughout the throughout time, and 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 it's just an ugly, ugly thing, ugly thing. So just so I better understand, and 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 so the the listeners understand. So what what is so you got the good faith, uh, uh, you got the raceless gospel. That's, that's your podcast. Right. But then you, you also do a lot of writing for uh good faith media. Yeah. Talk to me about good faith media and, and what that is. Cause that's something I'm, um, you know, probably even less familiar with than, than you, because I, you know, like I said, I've seen your snips on Twitter and, and the things that you, those little recordings, but uh, I haven't had an opportunity yet, Starlet, to read uh, a lot of what you've written. I, I, I did read one of your articles, and I want to talk about that afterwards. But tell me a little bit about Good Faith Media. Uh, Good Faith Media is a, is a hub. Uh, we provide reflections and resources at the intersection of faith and culture. Uh, and so we write regularly about what's going on uh, on Main Street and on my street. So whatever resonates in the news or uh, around my neighborhood, that's what we talk about. And we try to bring people along for the conversation and for the ride and, and certainly bring everybody together. Um, because we feel like there's always more to tell, that there's something more to what is happening uh, and that the conversation is not over, that we can keep talking no matter how divided uh, and no, no matter how plentiful our division is, uh, that we can, just, we can just keep talking and talking this thing out that eventually we'll walk together. Right. No, that's absolutely right. And you mentioned something a little bit ago there about the us versus them mentality and how exhausting that is. And that's something that that I've talked about with so many people. I mean, one of the biggest things that I do with this podcast are is 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 work in the depolarization space. Right. You know, my my favorite organization on the planet, Braver Angels, is 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 something I am so passionate about. Because I do believe that polarization and that divide, that's that chasm that or multiple chasms within our country that, that have have developed. If we don't mend those chasms, if we don't bridge that divide, we are going to be in, in much worse shape, maybe worse shape than we've ever been in as a country since since we were formed. Right. Mm-hmm. So that us versus them mentality that that tends to that tends to to widen those gaps it 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 further tears at the fabric of this nation so so that that is something that is so ugly it's something i'm very passionate about trying to fix it's why i do so much work uh, you know with braver angels having conversations and that's what you know that's what that's like like i said that's what what i do with this podcast having those conversations whether it's with people i agree with or disagree with whether it's people 
from from all walks of life, uh, people from all over the planet. Actually, I've had people from from several different continents on here, and, and having conversations with people. Just because I believe that that is the quickest way that we, in the most sure way, that we can rebuild uh, our our country, bridge that divide, you know, stop the tears and and re- repair the tears in the fabric of our nation. So. Um, so, so talk to me a little bit about now. I, I read this article that I don't know. Did that come out this week or, or maybe? Yeah, I think it came out recently. Uh, the the Amer- uh, the one that says America is not becoming more divided. I, it's something I hear co- often in conversation that America is becoming more divided. And my argument is that well, it was divided at its founding. Uh, that mm-hmm. with, the, with the presence of of slavery. They were before they were red and blue states. They were they were free and slave states. And so we can't we can't we can't jump skip and hop over that history. That that's this is what America has been. And if we're going to move past it, if we're going to heal from it, then we've got to acknowledge that. Um, any conversation that doesn't uh, is not a fruitful one. And so when I hear people say it's becoming more divided without acknowledging the history of its divisions and the ways in which it has divided itself based on race uh, and colonial uh, conquest and capitalism. Well, then we're not going to go very far. Um, and that yeah. takes that takes uh, guts. That takes courage. Uh, that takes an unguarded uh, presentation uh, and demeanor uh, that we let drop the guard down and let things let the truth do what the truth will do. Uh, and sometimes it will undo us. And I know that's frightening. Uh, this is the work. I don't want to do anything um, that is not genuine and that does not lead me to my authentic and best self. I want to be the best expression of myself and you can't fix a lie. Yeah. No, no, that's, that's right. No, that's right. And, and yeah, I think anybody who, anybody who denies that there, there was, there was serious stains on the, on this country's past, they're either lying to themselves or lying to others, but, but one way or another, it's, it's, it's not true. I mean, there, there are serious stains in in this country's past. And you're right. In order to uh, move forward and make uh, make the country what what it certainly has the potential to be, uh, we have to acknowledge all of its faults. You know, one of the things that we have to do, I mean, I talk a lot about individualism, personal accountability, personal responsibility. The only way that I as an individual can make my life better, make me better, is to acknowledge what I've done wrong in my past. Take my mistakes, learn from my mistakes. And that begins with acknowledgement. You know, that be, that begins with saying, yes, I've done this wrong. I've lived through this mistake. I've worked through it. But that is not a life sentence. That's right. This, you know, this is a, this is a part of my past that I have to work through. That's right. The first part of working through that is acknowledgement. Once I've acknowledged it, I can learn from it. And then I need to you know, move on with some some type of forgiveness. One of the, you know, I just I just finished the book by uh, Desmond Tutu and Umpon Tutu uh, um, called The Book of Forgiveness. Uh-huh. It's one of the most incredible things I've ever had the experience to be, you know, just just a just the the words that come out of that book are are just absolutely incredible. And and Desmond Tutu and Umpon Tutu, uh, you know, talking about the Truth and Reconciliation uh, Commission and and and. And how that related to to the uh, South African apartheid and things right. like that. It just I got goosebumps right now, just just kind of reliving right. it. But but you know, one of the things that that they talk about in there is how you know how each of us, the, the only way that we as individuals 
can free ourselves from our past is to acknowledge that and then forgive that. Forgiveness is the ticket to get beyond a past that we can no longer do anything about. You know, Mm. so when I think about that, when I think about that, and then I think about the the United States of America, the country that I love the most, uh, obviously I'm I'm an American. I was born here. It's, it's, you know, I was, I was, you know, I've been here my whole life and this country to me presents the greatest opportunity for everybody of all races, genders, you know, classes, whatever, you know, the poorest among us in the United States are among the greatest, uh, you know, have the greatest opportunities out of anybody in the world, you know? And so I look at this country, but then I agree with you 100%. We have to look at this country's past. We have to look at it. We have to examine it. We have to figure out where we went wrong. We have to acknowledge it and then work through that in, in some type of forgiveness. Tell me what you think about that. Well, in my faith tradition, we call it confession, uh, and we haven't done a good job of that. Uh, we have um, our political brothers and sisters who are undoing it now, uh, and you just can't reconcile with a lie. Mm-hmm. Uh, James Baldwin says, um, not everything that is faced can be changed, but nothing can be changed until it is faced. Nice. Uh, and so, I, I mean, I, I adore Desmond Tutu. Uh, one of my favorite books is No Future Without Forgiveness. Uh, but if you can't confess what you've done, then how do you get to forgiveness? If you're still lying about what you've done, if you can't admit what you've done, if you can't admit who you are or have been, what are we forgiving? If you've done nothing wrong, if your hands are clean, if everything is well, um, if you are without spot, blemish, or wrinkle, if you are perfection, um, and if you can do nothing wrong, if no one can say anything to you or be critical of you, lest they be labeled less patriotic. And James, James Baldwin talks about that also. He talks about it. He says, I criticize America the way I do because I love it. Mm-hmm. It's because I love it that I criticize it. It's because I yeah. want to see it because it has made these promises. And I believe uh, that it could be these things. But you're not going to lie to me. You're not going to lie to me. You're not going to oppress <laughs> and then say, oh, let's just let's just put a bandage on it. I, you know, I'm sorry. You have to make reparation. You have to repair the damage one way or another. I think what was most disheartening to me is, is learning uh, that the, the, the last remaining survivors of the Tulsa massacre will receive no reparations. Um, and the argument for slavery is that, oh, nobody's alive that, uh, that, that, were, that was affected by it. But now you got the last three survivors of the Tulsa race massacre. And we know what happened. You have the details, you have the pictures, you have the testimonies, and you choose not to do anything about it. Well, in my faith tradition, I, that would make you a hypocrite. I don't have too many words for people who make arguments against reparations when you have opportunities to make amends and you don't. And you make every excuse not to right or wrong. Um, You can't get, there's nothing to forgive there. You have not done the work, especially when that uh, level of violence is enacted upon a community. And it's always, it seems at least to me, that that community is asked to forgive. What are we asking those who are enacting the violence to do? To change, maybe? Uh, To go, to give, to to make reparate, to repair the damage? Uh, To confess, to say that you've done it? Instead, we we give monuments. Uh, our dear brother Emmett Till will get a monument, but Carolyn Bryant, who we knew, lied. She said she lied. Well, she mm-hmm. died, and never saw a day in jail. Well, what are we going to forgive about that? There's no justice. Right. Yeah. No. And that's that is ugly. I, I mean, the, those types of things are are, are very ugly, and, and I would agree with you. And and how do we how do we then seek justice and and I'm just I just have to ask the question. Yeah. So that's another thing that 
that Desmond Tutu talks about in that, right? There, there's a lot mm-hmm. of people, uh, there's a lot of people from our past that will never in this lifetime, never in this lifetime, uh, be held to account on, in this earthly world mm-hmm. for the evils that they have done, for the mm-hmm. wrong that they have done. So, so my question for you, Star, then is, is how would you propose we or what would you like to see you know because obviously there there's there's things that 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 we will never get as a confession from people there are things there there are so many things in this world so many injustices in this world that nobody will ever confess to and and nobody will ever uh as you said put in the work right put put in the work to try and seek forgiveness yeah you know how would you and, and this this actually reminds me of a of of a conversation I had with a young man named Chris Singleton. Chris Singleton was an incredible. I don't know if you're familiar with him. His mother was killed in the Mother Emanuel church shooting in North Carolina back in the day. His mother was one of the people shot by Dylan Roof, the, the white supremacist who was looking to start a race war. That young man, mm-hmm. that evil young man will never confess uh, well, we I, I don't believe you will, you know, but Chris Singleton isn't looking for a confession from him. He's not looking for a a a, a profession of forgiveness or or or, or a, a a a a hope of forgiveness from the people that he did harm to. Mm-hmm. But Chris Singleton, in order to move on beyond that, had to forgive his mother's killer and move on. It, it's an incredible story. It, it's an incredible story. But it's not it's not new. It's not I, new. I make demands upon people who, who enact violence. I think it should go, yeah. the responsibility goes both ways. And yeah. I think if Germany can do it, if Germany, if Germany can do it, yeah. if South Africa can do it, if mm-hmm. America is going to claim to be the greatest nation in the world, then mm-hmm. it needs to do it. You can't yeah. keep asking victims to do the hard work because if you're not changing the conditions in which that violence occurs or which it is justified and that it continues to happen over time, then we're, we're just going to continue to forgive and you're going to continue to create victims. So it's 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 as if we're justifying the suffering of the victim. Like we, you're just going to just have to suffer through it. We're not we're not changing the conditions for them at all. But we are placing them placing this high expectation. I was at, uh, yeah, I was there last year. The bullets are still in the church, in the Mother Emanuel Church, still on the floor. And so yeah. you, we cannot expect people uh, to hold that kind of suffering over hundreds of years with no reconciliation of the facts. It's unfair. It's unbalanced, unjust. And if we're going to all get, if we're all going together, then we've got to hold everybody accountable, not just victims to forgive, but perpetrators to confess. Perpetrators to confess. You got to hold both parties at 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 an equal standard uh, of behavior and expectation, no matter what they've done. Um, And it continues to happen. So for me, I would ask that we hold them accountable. Again, if Germany can, and they're still paying reparations. Germany is still making reparations today, still paying health insurance. Uh, If if South Africa can do it, then America needs to do it. We're great. Prove Mm -hmm. it. Prove it. Yeah. No, I. I, You're a leader. Prove it. Because that's what leaders do. Leaders take accountability. Leaders take responsibility. Leaders don't make excuses. Leaders don't let people off the hook. Leaders, leaders, (laughs) leaders are just. Leaders are honorable. Uh, leaders uh, lead by example, and so if you're going to ask, you're going to ask victims um, to be their better selves and do what is almost impossible to do. Um, damn it, we've got to ask other people who per, who who systemically and historically have perpetuated violence against minoritized uh, and oppressed groups. We can't mm-hmm. just 
picking on people um, just because they're weak. As a Christian, and I and I want to call, and, and there's a lot of Christians who enact this violence. It's Christians right. uh, who who own slaves. It's Christians who raped people. It's Christians who are going and shooting up churches. It's Christians. It's Christians. And so, as a Christian, I hold them responsible. That same thing um, that tells me that I should love you. Uh, oh, that that boomerangs back to you as well. You're supposed to love me as well because I am your sister, your brother, your next of kin. I am your sibling. Uh, and I'm not going to let you off the hook because we confess the same. We we confessed the same confession. We belong to the same body, and that's the body of Christ, uh, specifically for Christians. Now, I can't talk about. I, I can I can say um, in a humanistic kind of way, you know, kumbaya. Let's all come together. But specifically for Christians who target Christian people, who kill Christian people, <laughs> you you can't do that. You can't call yourself and then say you're a Christian nation or you want a Christian. You can't do that. You can't kill people in Jesus' name. You can't do that. That, that sounds like the Crusades. And one of the things that 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 I've always said, you know, and and I am a Christian, and one of the things that I've always said is one of the greatest evils that any human being can do is to do evil in the name of yeah. of Jesus Christ, right? Yeah. Right. So uh, that is one of the 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 Ten Commandments. You know, people say you know can't take the Lord's name in vain. That's not necessarily the right translation, as I understand that translation oh, from from the people that I have. I, no, I, I I will never. I, people say I preach, but I don't preach that way. But <laughs> But, you know, the, the one thing is, is, is it's not necessarily don't take the Lord's name in vain. So, uh-huh. so it, you know, if you kick the bed, uh, the kick the corner post of your bed when you're walking through to, to get up at night or something and you say, you know, that is not <laughs> what that commandment is talking about. That commandment is do not do evil, evil in the name of the Lord. And, and, I, and I think a lot of people don't don't recognize that they don't realize that. And, and one of the greatest evils that any any human being can can ever perpetrate upon another is to enslave them, to to take their 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 individual, you know, their bodily autonomy, take their whatever, whatever it is. One of the greatest evils that you can do is to to, you know, take somebody else, take away their freedom in an unjust way. Um, and so, yeah, I, I, you know, so much of what we uh, are, are talking about here, Star, is, is, you know, we are on the same page on, on many yeah. things. So, yeah. you know, maybe some of those to a different degree, but, you know, that's what the great thing about these conversations is, is, you know, we don't have to agree 100% to be right. brothers and sisters here on, right. on this podcast. No family <laughs> agrees 100% of the time. Have you been around us? <laughs> A dinner table? <laughs> no, no, that is that is absolutely right. That is absolutely right. Yeah. So, so talk to me. Let's let's kind of get back to 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 your podcast and your work with the raceless gospel. Tell me what is the I, I guess what is the biggest thing that that you have learned and you have taken away. I mean, obviously you 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 are no you are somebody who knows an awful lot about the Bible, Christianity. You know, you're, you're ordained. You have this this incredible knowledge of Christianity, and then you've also been able to look at the downfalls uh, of Christianity and where so many have fallen short in in Christianity. Tell me, what is the biggest thing that you have have found out? Because so many people in this world have just fallen short, not not necessarily just as Christians, but as human beings. And, And what is the biggest what is the biggest takeaway that you have found, Star, uh, in in your work with the raceless gospel? Uh, first, that all it all it is all, all it takes is a word that we can change the world by changing the ways in which we use words, and that words are 
uh, as as holy as we want them to be. We can make them as fleshly and, and as carnal as we need them to be, or we can use words to elevate ourselves. We can, it's word work. It's the ways in which we speak about each other and about the world around us that we can create another world uh, and that we have a creative feature on the tip of our tongues. All we need to do is change the way we talk about each other. But I think that first starts with uh, how we talk about ourselves, how we view ourselves back to that individual individuality and individual responsibility. Uh, and I think that first confession b- begins with, I am somebody. I mm-hmm. am somebody independent of, of who you are, or who you think I am, independent of anything that I bring to the table. Um, I am somebody. I think that's that's really, really, really important. And I, I travel with uh, the words of James Baldwin, who said, of those who say, uh, those who say it can't be done are usually interrupted by others doing it. <laughs> that is right. It's easy, it's easy to say it can't be done. Easy. Okay, okay, it can't. It, it, but it can't be done because we're not doing it. Do right. it. Do it. Oh, it's been this, it's been 400, it's been, okay. There's a new day. It's a new year. Yep. It's a new generation uh, with new dreams and new visions. Uh, and I can see something around the corner. I don't think it's happenstance that uh, you, Adai, and Dr. Sheena Mason, and so many others uh, are having this conversation who have this drive, this calling, this conviction, whatever you would like to call it, um, this predilection to talk about the ways in which we can depolarize uh, and bring everybody along to each other, even if you don't agree, you know, because we're going to fuss and fight. But at the end of the day, we're family. I think that says something about um, about the sound of the genuine that is present. Howard Thurman calls it the sound of the genuine, that we're all hearing something very genuine um, that, that can't be questioned. And it's, it's, it, this, this is an impossible happening that you and I would connect in this way. Uh, right. But the fact that it has lets me know uh, that something larger is at work, that somebody's up to something. Oh, absolutely. No, I think we're all put in this place uh, or in the places that we are uh, by the Lord with a plan, you know, and, and that's just my 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 belief as a Christian is we we all get put in, in, in certain places for a reason. We all do what we do we we are are called some of us are called to do big things some of us are called to do nothing but we all have infinite value like like you said talked to my friend uh, reggie wilson several times about the the human value initiative and how we all have this infinite value and and you know there's only one of you uh starlet thomas there's only one of me wilk you know we 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 have this infinite value because we are so rare each one of us but but there's so much that each one of us can do there's so much that that we have the possibility to do. Some of us are called to do big things. Some of us are just called to be support structure. Some of us are just called to sit there and listen. Some, I mean, we all have things that we can do, but there is an incredible hunger, Star, for this depolarization thing. There's That's an right. incredible hunger out there for, for people to bring us together. There are some groups of us that have never been together. There are some people out there that says it's impossible for this group and this group to get along. It's impossible for people that think that way to sit in a room and think uh, with people who think that way. That's right. It cannot happen. You know what? But it has to happen. That's right. Whether it happens within our lifetime or not, I don't know. But I'm going to keep on working to make that. That's right. You know, because I, I just I think at the end of the day, at the end of the day, there are people that are going to look back on this time in history and ask, 
what did you do or what have you done or what, you know, what did that person do or could they have done to make that difference? And, and I don't know, you know, I don't know what kind of legacy that I'm going to leave or, or, or if a lot of what I say or, or do is going to make a big difference or move the needle in some grand way. But by damn, I'm going to try I, and, and I'm going to keep on putting forth the work to to make that happen. Now, like I said, it doesn't matter if we agree on everything or nothing. But the fact of the matter is, Star, we can sit here and we can have this conversation. We can have it in a civil way. And whether I change your mind or anything or you change my mind on anything is not the end game in this conversation. The yeah. end game is showing people that the conversation can happen. I'm smiling so hard. <laughs> I have such joy. Um, it just makes me feel really good to hear you talk. You are preaching, sir. You know, at least you're speaking, to my, you're speaking to my soul. You're singing my song. Uh, I don't know about others, but it certainly resonates with me. I'm deeply grateful for the opportunity uh, to have conversation. I don't want to die a stranger to myself, and I certainly don't want to leave any strangers on the earth. I want to know as many people as possible, not in the way, in the stereotypical ways, in the categorical ways that race suggests I should, but I want to know people intimately and intrinsically in the ways that they want to be known. Uh, and I think conversations like this make that happen. So I'm deeply grateful. Deeply. I, I, you know what? I, I am so grateful for you. I'm so grateful for the, for the work that you're doing with the Raceless Gospel. Uh, I, I'm, I'm incredibly grateful that that we've got our mutual friend, Dr. Sheena Mason. That's right. And, <laughs> you know, I, I believe she told me you you actually what did I re read this right? Because I think she sent me an email and said that you are actually writing the forward of. Her. I was getting ready to plug the book, sir. She has okay. book coming out. <laughs> Run away, Starlet. <laughs> Tell me about it. Tell me about this. Uh, this feel too much, but it's, you can you can order it. It's it's available for pre order uh, wherever you get your books. It's titled "The Raceless Anti-Racist: Why Ending Race Is the Future of Anti-Racism." And there's a forward written by yours truly. Uh, <laughs> go out pre order the book wherever books are sold. It'll be good for your soul. It'll be good. It'll be good for community. <laughs> it is it is it is so good i, I mean every, every everything anytime we get to hear a, an opportunity to hear dr sheena Mason mason speak uh, or you know it, it if we get an opportunity to hear uh starlet thomas speak it's uh it, it's a treat for the world and I, I i thank you for it so at raceless gospel is uh is is your handle on twitter and the uh, uh, tell me what, what's your website? I'm sorry. Oh, well, Good Faith Media, obviously, goodfaithmedia.org. Yeah, goodfaithmedia.com, theracelessgospel.com, everywhere at Raceless Gospel. Uh, you'll find me there. Well, I am so grateful for you, Starlet. Thank you so much for joining me on the D Rate the Hate podcast. Uh, I look forward to more conversations in the future. I am proud to call you a friend of mine. And uh, let's just keep on doing what we do. That's right. Thank you. Friends, if there's anything in this episode that provided exceptional value to you, please make sure to hit that share button. Share it with your friends, share it far and wide. And of course, if you haven't done so already, be sure to subscribe right from our website so you can get the D-Rate the Hate podcast sent to your email inbox every week. So this is Wilk wrapping up for the week saying get out there, be kind to one another, be grateful for everything that you've got, and remember it's up to you to make each and every day the day that you want it to be. If there is something that you would like to share with me, you can catch me on most social media platforms or you can email me directly, wilk at wilksworld.com. 
With that, my friends, I am going to back on out of here, and we will catch you next week. Take care.